This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who understands the X's and O's of health care coverage. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. For more information, visit FBHP.com. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, headed towards the new year. It's coming, Mike. Fast and Furious. The final OTP of 2021. Hard to believe. Is it really? Yes. Wow. Because we won't have another one until after Sunday's game with the Miami Dolphins, which, by the way, Nissan Stadium. Kickoff set for shortly afternoon central time. You can hear it on your favorite Titans radio station. Amy Wells, Rhett Bryan, Titans countdown, 11 a.m. central. Titans and the Dolphins, first team in NFL history that has lost seven in a row and won seven in a row in the same season. What an up and down year. Wow. Now that's well said. <laughs> Isn't that the astute? understatement <laughs> for the OT people to kind of absorb? It is technically the most up and down year in NFL history. This is what people tune into the OTP for. They're like, My analysis. Boy, that's right. <laughs> All right, so we mentioned this earlier in the week. Who do the Titans fans need to pull for this weekend? I think this is a great thing to talk about. I need everyone to know what direction to send their juju. Okay. So obviously Titans win over the Dolphins is a given. That's something you want to happen. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a Titans fan. Right. Again, big-time analysis here on the OTP. Uh, we we just give it. the people what they want. Las Vegas over Indianapolis. If that happens, no matter what the Titans do against the Dolphins, they automatically win the division. Okay. So, Las Vegas over Indianapolis. Other things that would be handy. The Rams over Baltimore. That helps the Titans' playoff calculus to get in the playoffs if they don't win the division this weekend. Okay. So that's good. Another one like that, Denver over the Chargers. That helps the Titans' playoff calculus no matter what. And the other thing it does, too, is if Denver beats the Chargers, then they stay alive in Week 18 when their opponent is Kansas City. Well, and you want them playing for something against Kansas City. Possibly. Yeah. So the other game that helps the Titans this weekend is if Cincinnati beats Kansas City. Do you think they could actually do that? Pull it off? Yes. All right. I do. That's great because that would be tremendous for us. Then if the Titans beat the Dolphins, Cincinnati over Kansas City, the Titans would then move into the pole position needing only a win at Houston to clinch the top seed in the AFC. And you know what that means, Mike Keith? Bye week. A bye week. Okay. Jacksonville over New England would also be helpful because the Patriots have the tiebreaker with the Titans due to a head-to-head win. Going ahead and moving them out of the way would be handy. And if Jacksonville wins, it messes up their draft stock, they, they which would not I'm have, also They would into. not have the number one pick at this point. Yeah, and I don't need them to have that in back-to-back years. That's too much for me. All right, so here's who you're pulling for this weekend. Las Vegas over Indianapolis. That game is at noon in Indianapolis. L.A. Rams over Baltimore. That game is now, it's been moved, it's now at noon at Baltimore. Cincinnati over Kansas City. That is a noon central time start. At Cincinnati. Jacksonville over New England. That is a noon start in Foxborough. Denver over the L.A. Chargers. 
That is a 3.05 start in Los Angeles. I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. This is a list of teams I don't typically cheer for, so I'm excited about this. Yes. I think it's going to be it's going to change my football viewing a little bit. Speaking of football viewing, with the passing of John Madden, a lot of us loved football viewing most of all back when he was doing games with Pat Summerall. We mentioned the Raiders too. And I think that the John Madden significance, and you're seeing a lot of the tributes, I can't think of anyone in my lifetime who has been more significant to the NFL game with maybe the exception of Paul Brown over John Madden. I believe that, yeah. I mean, think about all of the different avenues that he touched that are associated with the National Football League. Obviously, his coaching record speaks for himself. Everything that he was able to conquer in broadcasting and what a legend he was in that space. There's just so many things. And then there's the whole esports of it all. I mean, there's so many different things that have John Madden's fingerprints on them when you think about the National Football League. What an incredible legacy. So he coached the Raiders. He was Raiders linebacker coach. And John Roush, who had coached them to Super Bowl II, he couldn't get along with Al Davis. So he left and went to coach the Buffalo Bills. So they have an opening. John Madden's 33 years old. Walks in and says to Al Davis, I'd like to be the head coach. He's the linebacker coach. He has no experience, you know, in terms of that area of being a head coach. And Al Davis hires him to be the head coach. He goes on to win 76% of his games. Awesome wins a Super Bowl, and leaves the game at 43 years old because his body just can't take the stress of all of it. He said he was drinking Pepto-Bismol or Milk of Magnesia or something by the bottle after games. He, he didn't want to fly. He was a miserable human being, and you never witnessed him coach live, but he was the most demonstrative. I mean, he was a wild man on the sidelines. So he gets into broadcasting, and he's got this massive personality. But what made him in broadcasting at the start were actually commercials for light beer from Miller. Really? So give me a series of commercials that you just love right now. One campaign that you just love. I love all Geico commercials. You like Geico? I like Geico. How about the Dr. Rick commercials? Yes. How about, I mean, anything that is in the zeitgeist of society that everybody quotes. Yeah. Okay. In the late 70s, early 80s, it was light beer from Miller. Bob Euchre became very famous doing light beer from Miller commercials. All kinds of famous people. Rodney Dangerfield, really, that's where he became a national figure, was doing light beer from Miller commercials. John Madden had these commercials that he did just as he's starting his broadcast career. And he's throwing his arms and he's going crazy and he busts through the screen to keep talking. Well, so at the same point broadcast is happening for John Madden, these commercials, which are everywhere and everybody knows the light beer ads, Light beer for Miller, 96 calories, tastes great, less filling. You know, and there were guys arguing, tastes great, less filling. I mean, it was a whole massive campaign. And so this is what happens, is he becomes famous, and then as he gets with Pat Summerall, he shows the same sort of personality in doing the broadcast with Pat Summerall. And then he just becomes this thing. John Madden is just this massive 
cultural figure. He's not Michael Jackson, and he's not Michael Jordan, but he's right there in terms of who he is. I mean, everywhere John Madden is, it's something big. That's how the game came about. Right. That's how he began to put his name on the game. And, and he, when he did that, he refused to let it be just his name on a game. I've used the comparison about Dolly Parton with Dollywood. She refused to let just her name be put on there. She said, I want it to be family friendly. I want it to have right. I want it, you know. And because of her involvement, it went to a different level. It's the same thing with John Madden and Madden football is he said, I'm not putting my name on anything. He goes, I want it to be like football. Right. And they've continued to take it forward, like with what our friend Charles Davis has done for them, you know, with the updates and all of it. I mean, it's still the premier football game because John Madden refused to let it be just the pong of a football game. Right, and now what it's become is the most – a realistic simulation of a football game that you can get anywhere. Right. I mean, the NFL uses Madden <laughs> to illustrate some things that they don't have video of. Well, and the players talk about Madden. They talk about their Madden ratings, how important that is to Oh, them. my gosh. How many the whole thing. But how many people in this world became an NFL fan through Madden before they ever actually watched NFL games. Well, uh, even talking to players, I mean, Mike, we are fortunate enough to be able to meet some of the pre-draft candidates as they're coming through before the Titans draft happens. How many times do we ask a guy, like, who you model your game after? Who do you like to watch? And they'll talk about the guys that they play with on Madden. All the time. That's who, yeah, I watch so-and-so, and I like to play him on Madden. You know, right. I, I want to be him when I play Madden. I always use Derrick Henry or Taylor Lewan or whatever. So John Madden, through being the coach of the Raiders, through becoming what I believe in the 100-year history of, of sports broadcasting, he's the greatest color analyst, regardless of sport, in the history of the medium because he drew you in in a way that if you're a massive, hardcore, know every draft pick, know every zone coverage, he's got you. If you're in the middle, he's got you. If you're just a casual fan, you love to hear him go, boom, you know, oh, it hits a guy. You know, you, uh-huh. you enjoyed the almost the – The showmanship The showmanship, the circus that was John Madden because it was real. Mm-hmm. It was not an act that you got John Madden doing this. And and here's how big he was. I mean, so he puts his name on the game. And then everybody in every sport wants a John Madden as their color commentator. It's one of the reasons Dick Vitale became a big deal. I would contend there is no Dick Vitale unless there becomes a John Madden because everybody goes, man, it would be great to have somebody who could do all of that. I'm not saying that. Dick Vitale modeled how he broadcast after John Madden. I'm saying ESPN wanted a personality. Right, right, because absolutely. Because John Madden became bigger than just doing football. So when CBS lost the NFL to Fox, Fox wasn't even really a thing at that point. Okay, you won't remember this because you're not old enough. There, there was no Fox. What did they do? They hired Summerall and Madden. Huh. Because they had the NFC package on on CBS, and so they were coming with that package to Fox. Well, then stations in big markets 
who were CBS affiliates got out of their agreement to be CBS affiliates and became Fox affiliates. Wow. The NFL is what made Fox a legitimate network. That's what did it because they, I mean, they were on every bad cable outlet known to man. Then suddenly they got on main channels in big markets because it was important for those big markets to have the pro football team. But what sold it was, oh, if Madden and Summerall are coming, this must be a real thing. It's why this Amazon deal is going to end up having Al Michaels and somebody big time because they want to say the same thing that Fox did nearly 30 years ago when they got Madden and Summerall. You really can't tell the story of the National Football League and their rise to being one of the biggest, if not the biggest sports in the world without telling the same story in the history of broadcast television. Mm -hmm. They are so parallel in the way that they kind of grew at the same times and the way that they grew together. That was the genius of Pete Rozelle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because in the 50s, college football was so much bigger than pro football. But Pete Rozelle saw what was happening with the AFL. And the AFL was on NBC. And the AFL was this exciting football. And they did things for TV. They're like, need an extra timeout for TV? Fine. Want to have your halftime be spaces? I don't care. Well, Rozelle saw the brilliance. It's one of the reasons he wanted to merge. And he knew that everything had to be aimed toward TV. We'll then take the next step. Rune Arledge with Monday Night Football. Okay? Monday Night Football was never supposed to be about a football game. It was a show. That's why Howard Cosell was on there. That's why Dandy Don Meredith was on there. It was a show. Everybody they've added through the years. Now, what do they do this year? Well, their broadcast is no longer a show. They're doing a straight broadcast, but they've got a broadcast on ESPN2 with the Manning Brothers. Which is a show. (laughs) Which is what Rune Arledge would have done now. Well, then you move forward, and you have the 70s that go into the 80s, and suddenly John Madden becomes this massive figure that goes forward. And I truly believe that if you take the 10 most important people in the history of the National Football League, I think John Madden has to be on that list. Oh, I agree with that. I think he's a top fiver. I mean, think about well, all of think I about mean, did, all of the different things that he has had his hands on that are revenue generating. He did CBS, he did Fox, he did Monday Night Football, and then he did Sunday Night Football. So he was part of all the big packages. He last worked a game 13 years ago. Wow. And he was still this kind of a figure and did great things for former players and their health care, talked a lot about safety issues in the game. All this, and it took him forever to go into the Hall of Fame because that was going to be based on his coaching. I think you could have put him in as a, as a broadcaster, as this figure with the Madden game, which has been so important. So what he curled forward as far as broadcast is a lot of why we have Dave McGinnis doing our games now and why 100 games in, everyone goes so crazy about Coach Mack. Yeah. It's the same theory. He's entertaining. He's fun. He's coaching everybody listening. He knows his stuff. He does his research, which John Madden also did. Yep. He had a lot of insights, goes to practice, all these things that Coach Mack does for Titans Radio. 
that's a direct offshoot of the mindset of, of the template that was set forth by John Madden. And, I mean, we all know what Coach Mack has done for Titans Radio well, in yeah. his 100 games and just the level that he brings every Sunday to be able to have our own little mini John Madden is very cool. I don't know that Coach Mack would like you calling him a mini John Madden. Well, he's not here, so. Okay. S- someone will tell him, though. That he's a mini John Madden. Yeah. Well, tune in to the <laughs> Titans Amy and Coach Mack podcast. We'll discuss it. You'll bring that up I'll to bring him? it up. I'll, I'll call him a mini John Madden right to his face. I'm not ever going to be near that <laughs> at all because I'm afraid of what his reaction would be. But <laughs> – I, I love that we have a color commentator on Titans Radio that appeals to every specter of a fan base. Yes, 100%. I love that. And, and I've had people stop me in the grocery store that you would never expect to be football fans. Women well into their 80s. I love Coach Mack. I've had guys stop me at the gym who are like, hey, you know, and they're obviously serious, serious, serious. And Coach Mack was spot on about that coverage they ran. I love that. Right. I love that we are able to offer up somebody like that because that's the way John Madden was. Mm -hmm. So he set the bar. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, Mack's appeal is wide-reaching. Massive. Yes. It is massive. Yes. All right. So a couple more things we need to do on this edition of the OTP. By the way, not going to really get into the whole who's on the COVID list just for the fact that it's all going to change so much between now and Sunday. Uh, yes, we just dramatically. Don't, we just don't know. No. Uh, what we feel is that the majority of guys are going to get back if they're not sick. Right. And what we're also adjusting to right now is, and the league as a whole is, is there are a lot of teams that have a lot of guys on their COVID lists. And with the league and the NFLPA now agreeing on new terms, kind of modeling it after what the CDC has recently said about five-day quarantine as opposed to 10-day. So there's a lot of changes. And I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm still kind of trying to understand the nuances of it and what exactly it's going to mean for players and when they're going to return. So I, I, I don't know many things, honestly. Well, the, the five-day isolation is if you're not symptomatic. It, Correct. You know, vaccinated or unvaccinated, it doesn't matter as far as, you know, just what the rules are on the isolation period. The The key in it is, are you still sick? Yeah, it's symptomatic it's based. Symptom- it's largely symptomatic, although if you are vaccinated, it obviously changes the game for you a lot in your favor. Absolutely. We'll see. I mean, the Titans have a bunch of guys who've been on the COVID list, some back, Roger Saffold back, Taylor Lewan back, Elijah Molden back. I mean, it's good, and we hope they keep coming back. We also don't know who may land on the COVID list between now and Sunday. Right. You can bet on this, though. The Dolphins and the Titans are going to deal with it on Sunday. Yes. It's, it, it will be there to some level. You hope it's not to the level it was for New Orleans as compared to Miami, where it was so massively different to the plus side of the Dolphins in their 20-3 to victory over the Saints. No fault of theirs. Right. But there were a lot of people complaining about, well, it's not fair and it's not a good product. It's like, well, this is, you know, this is where we're kind of at right now is we're, 
we're living it and we're dealing with it. Right, and every team in the league is dealing with it right now. There is no team that exists in a vacuum that is solely having to deal with COVID and all all the joys that it brings. Every team is going through this right now, and that the push to the finish may feel like a slow crawl for some teams, but everyone's going to get there. Everyone's going to get there. Yep. Want to mention in partnership with Ashton Real Estate and the Byard Family Legacy Fund, the Titans are hosting a shoe drive for children and teens in foster care. The inaugural Nashville Kick for Kids drive will be held at Nissan Stadium when the Titans face the Dolphins on Sunday. We're asking fans to bring their new or lightly used sneakers of all sizes to the drop-off locations around the stadium before entering the game. Visit NashvilleKicks.org for more information or to donate to the Byard Family Legacy Fund directly as a way of saying thank you. Donors will be eligible to win a signed Kevin Byard football. Cool. I think it's a nice thing. I think that's a great thing. You've got some new kicks for Christmas. Then ditch the old ones and help somebody out. Yeah, help someone out. Did you get new kicks for Christmas? (sighs) Mike, I've got so many pairs of sneakers right now, I can't even explain I have a bit of a problem. You have a sneaker problem? A You're a bit. sneaker head? Well, not so much because I don't think they're anything fancy. I don't think they're special, but they look nice, and I have these visions of doing all of these very athletic things that I just can't do, but I buy the shoes for them, then I realize... But you're prepared. I'm prepared, but I am not the athlete in real life that I think I am in my brain. So I have lots of shoes to do athletic things can't perform I mean I have a couple of pairs of sneakers that I do athletic things in but mostly I just get sneakers because I want to wear them see but you you have very good shoe game my Thank shoe you. game is not as strong as yours. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I sold shoes, so that's why. You so know I love. I do. I do. I sold shoes at the old cast or not for Genesco, the Nashville company who owns Johnston and Murphy, and that's who I worked for in high school and college, and so. I, I I do. I love shoes, yeah. You have strong shoe game. Thank you. And I buy shoes based on what I think they can do for me. And basically, I think they can like change. Like to make you faster? Or, yeah. I yeah. think they can change my athletic ability, which is zero. Zero. So they can't. Have you seen the weather for Sunday? It's going to be chilly. Chilly. Mike Keith, it's going to be cold. If you're coming to Nissan Stadium, bring a coat. I think it's one of those temperature drops from midnight all the way through. Like the high yeah. is going to be 54 at midnight, but then dropping like into the 40s. No. And, and then to, yeah, through the game. Yeah. And then the low the next night, 23. It's going to be chili pups out there. So wear multiple layers. And wear good shoes. Wear good shoes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And once, socks. Once your feet are cold, it's over. And you wear can't a hat. come back from it. Wear a stocking cap. Yeah, and hand warmers. Hand warmers. Yeah. I, I mean, really, just don't this be afraid. Gotta, so I asked Vrabel about this Monday night on the show, and, of course, he busted my chops. Uh-huh. I said, you want Miami coming here with it cold, right? Somebody had asked me that. Yeah. And so I said, you want it to be cold here for Miami. He's like, he said, oh, I don't care. That's uh, it. Yeah, that was, the, yeah. That was very, that's exactly how he said it. Uh-huh. Well, well played. Thank you. You do a Vrabel impersonation? <laughs> yeah, just, just he, a little he, bit. He so loves it when I ask questions like that. Yeah. That I know I'm not going to get any answer to. Yeah. I mean, it just so annoys him. Yeah. And I don't mean to do it, but I'll, I'll say something, and then as soon as I've said, hey, someone asked me, and I share the question – and it's like, as the words are coming out of my mouth, I think this is a horrible mistake. This isn't going to land. No. No. But 
I think. I mean, the Titans have played in some cold weather games sure. this season. We have seen the elements. Nothing will ever top the amount of rain against Houston a couple weeks ago. Don't that say was, that. That was just gnarly. Houston's won two in a row. They have. They absolutely We go there have. late and we get... Indoors, indoors. Mike Keith. That's, That's right. right. There's no rain inside. Well, unless they open the roof like they did for the last game last year. Would they do that for rain, though? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think so. Seems like something the Colts would do. They've pulled some <laughs> goofy roof-opening ones I on I think us. it's time to end this edition of the OTP <sighs> presented. I'm starting to get upset about the elements. <laughs> this is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. When it comes to your health care coverage, you should be the one to make the call. So finish the deal. Call Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Visit FBHP.com. Finish the deal. Finish the deal really hasn't taken off, has it? No, we're going to keep working it, though. I think there's some catchphrases that you just have to keep pushing, and people eventually will catch people on. People eventually will acquiesce. Yeah, or it'll be like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah, that's it. Then we'll stop. There but you go. Until someone tells us that, we're going to keep pushing it. Well, we're going to stop now. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. We appreciate you being with us. And thanks, as always, for listening to the OT Show. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.